Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers, and I'm focusing today on hope. I call this soaring, glistening hope. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar like the eagles. They will run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. Hope, by my definition, is a joyful expectation of good. That's a simple definition. It says that we can expect and anticipate good because God is good. We can get our hopes up because he is a good, good father. And we know, we expect that he will meet us at every turn in the road. Our hope leads to faith. Um, hope isn't some striving mental exercise. It's not an encounter. It comes from, it's not something we work up. It comes from uh, his presence. It comes from his word. It's come, it comes from getting to know his goodness. And it comes from believing his goodness and believing his words. We know who he is. We know that he's good. And so we can let our hopes glisten and soar. Dan McCollum says, the ability to believe from a place of hope qualified Abraham to be a friend of God. I just love that. I want to be a friend of God, don't you? And uh, Romans 4, 18, speaking of Abraham, says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Pastor Michael Maiden says, God has made our hearts to be hope factories, our whole being filled with the Holy Spirit. Hope factories, isn't that something? And Archbishop Chaput says, real Christian hope is a breath of life from the Holy Spirit that fills our lungs to sustain both our faith and our love. So hope is this oxygen that is life to us. And when we stop breathing hope, it wanes and then it exits and then enters depression, even despair. It comes in to take its place. So we need to be filled with hope. So um, I want to talk about two enemies of hope. One is when we stop expecting, when we stop expecting. And very often we stop expecting as a defense, as a self-defense to keep from being disappointed. I've been disappointed before. It was painful, you know, so I just won't get my hopes up. And we just wish God would let us be, but, but he won't. And when we do that, we are really diminishing ourselves, and we're refusing, uh, we're avoiding responsibility and we're refusing hope. This was written concerning C.S. Lewis. As a young boy, his mother died and he wasn't in the faith. From his earliest childhood, he had developed a settled expectation. That's anti-hope right there. Settled expectation that everything would do what you did not want it to do. He learned he could not expect anything to work out as he hoped. So that's, that's negative anticipation. That's anti-hope. That's hope turned downward and real hope turns up. And many of us have beliefs like this. We have had uh, pain, 
from our family of origin. We've gotten messages from our family of origin and unbelief has come in with these negative messages. And we can ask, may we ask the Holy Spirit to come and help us recognize when we are responding to life from those old messages, because we're going to have to overthrow those. And we're going to have to, if we want to remain in hope and be hopeful people, which is really our inheritance in the Lord, we're going to have to get radical with our hope. Someone has said, any area of your life that is not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie. So may the Lord show us the least lies we're believing. Part of our maturity is a choice to learn to deal with disappointments, be flexible, be resilient, make adjustments, and keep hoping, keep hoping that God will meet us with the good things. Martin Luther King, a man who was a catalyst in the 60s to literally change culture and racism said, we must accept finite disappointments, but never lose infinite hope. He, he knew whereof he was talking. Don't lose hope. It's deadly when we lose hope. For example, in Exodus 6, 9, Moses was speaking to the children of Israel. And the scripture says they didn't listen because of their despondency and their cruel bondage. Despondency there literally means shortness of spirit. They got really tired in Egypt. That's understandable. They were there a few hundred years as slaves. Their heart shrank. Their heart shortened. Their spirit shortened because God didn't move like they thought he should move in the time they thought he should move. And then when he did send a deliverer, they still didn't believe it. They'd so given up hope. So lack of hope is that shortness of spirit. It's a shrinking where our heart should be so large, uh, holding the spirit, holding the promises and holding hope, it is shrunk away. And an antidote to hopelessness is to know how good, how great God is and how willing he is to meet us with everything we need and to believe him for great things. And may he come and give each one of us the grace to lay down our self-defenses. You know, even hopelessness can be a defense against really maturing, against really dealing with issues we need to deal with. Never mind, I'll just give up. Nothing's going to change anyway. And now I can avoid responsibility. But God wants to encounter us with his spirit and the word to replace every misbelief, every limiting belief, every lie that we've had. And we have to decide that we're going to have an unshakable conviction that he is always with us, that he is always faithful, and that we, he will show up. So a joyful expectancy really strengthens us because he upholds us with his righteous right hand. It's not a striving. It's a resting in the cross of the Lord Jesus. And um, he chose us. He chose us first so we can have an unerring hope. The second enemy of hope is presumption, which is a, a form of pride, really. Things should look just like I want them to look, and just the time I want them to be, 
and the things I'm working toward or, oh my goodness, I'll have to go into disappointment. It's a, it's a presumption and it really can creep in as a cold, quiet anger toward God. It breeds bitterness. It can lead us into the sin of passivity and discontent. We have this beautiful capacity within us to choose um, and move toward hope. Hope is both natural in our humanity, we're able to hope, and it's supernatural. It's a gift of the Spirit, and it's one of the virtues, faith, hope, and love. We have the goodness of a sovereign and merciful God always streaming toward us with His grace, so we have every reason to hope. We can dare to hope knowing how good He is, knowing He sees, knowing He understands, and that He's presently doing something we probably don't understand and see. So we hope with a joyful expectancy, but we don't demand. Uh, we hold our heart open to his goodness and to all possibilities, whatever he's bringing. And we don't turn back. And we continue to build ourselves up with hope. He's, he, has, he has overcome. He's already turned back our enemy. He's mighty and he invites us to take hold of his promises. Presumption uh, is sometimes fueled by our need, uh, what we think is our need for a certain type of security. It's also fueled by a type of hyper-spirituality that says, you know, I can just name before God what I want, and he is bound presently uh, to give that to me. But he isn't, and when he doesn't, do it like we think we should not go into despair. Despair is really a choice. And sometimes we may have given up on the great things God's called us to do because we've given up on his greatness. Hope expands. Hope is magnanimous. Hope thinks of his greatness. And we begin to diminish our own personhood because of it. Um, we may spend our lifetime trying to be comfortable trying to avoid pain, but we end up sealing in uh, this deep pain and sealing ourselves off from hope. And despair itself, if we choose despair, despair itself is painful because hope really is our inheritance. And we can't, we can't breathe without it. It's the oxygen we breathe. Um, we're actually saying no to God. No, I refuse the joy that's the fruit of your spirit. I refuse to believe you. I repel your goodness. I will not get my hopes up. I will not soar. That's, that's something really uh, to consider if we've been in that place that calls for repentance. Sarah Colin said, believers don't have the luxury of despair. Our task as Christians is to be healthy cells in our society. So 1 Peter, uh, Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1 verse 6 that we're going to encounter various distressing trials that can distress us for a minute, sometimes for a long, long time. But right before that in verse 3, he, he talks about the living hope. We've been born anew into a living hope. Hope is a living thing. And then a few verses later in verse 13, he says, 
Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? We can fix our hope. That's within us to make that choice. It's when our will lines up with the Holy Spirit and we choose hope. It's not a feeling that we muster. Feelings do come, but we're lining up. We are fixing something. We're setting the Lord before us. And so hope then becomes a, a virtue within us that grows. C.S. Lewis, who was very hopeless when younger, came to the Lord as an adult. And here's what he said. Our capacity in spiritual is measured by the promises of God. Our capacity is measured by the promises of God. Isn't that wonderful? Lewis learned to have hope because he believed the promises of God. And if we're partaking of the promises, if we're holding on, we're partaking of hope and we're practicing hope. And as we practice hope, we keep increasing our capacity for more and more hope. And that's the thing about hope. We can choose it and we just keep increasing in it. We don't have to live in hopelessness. We, can, uh, we don't have to live lacking courage and the will to become what God has called us to become and to do what God has called us to do. That's really rebellion. Uh, life has its difficulties, but it isn't too hard. He always meets us, his presence and his goodness in the midst of any hard things. And we can have a grace-filled impetus of hope. So I want to close with one of my very favorite verses of scripture. It's Romans 15, 13. And this is my prayer for you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow, you may overflow, you may abound, you may increase, you may soar, you may glisten, so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy